Yeah, we've got like uh, eight or ten people online, so that's pretty cool. I think half the people online are in this room. <laughs> that's funny. I see Amita, Kevin. I do because I want to make sure we can still hear Yeah, that's kind of funny. Because every now and then, hopefully the sound is not working. Yeah. All right, does everyone have a handout? Yes. Handouts are on the table back there. Uh, you may want a pen. Have a pen ready. We're going to talk about some stuff today. Uh, let me do a few housekeeping things. <laughs> First, uh, I have Steve's handout from last week. What what did we what did Steve teach on last week? It was really good. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. I don't know who said it, but Carol. Carol. Oh, candy bar for Carol. <laughs> My son loved that candy bar. Oh, well, let's give you two then. Yeah, that was good. Well, there you go. All right, so, all right, so last week Steve covered Cain and Abel. Talked about the two seeds that that got started, and we're going to kind of pick that theme up. Uh, in a few weeks when we start talking about the Antichrist because that, that's, that's an important theme of the Bible is the two seeds and the two kingdoms and the two kings and the, the two Christs. Uh, but we'll get to that. Um, okay, so I've got his handout if anyone needs it up here. And also, a couple weeks ago, the last time I, I was up here, we talked about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And then it was so cool to hear Brian just like totally expand on it. And that, that was awesome. But one of the things I mentioned in here is that when Jesus was teaching, he told 12 parables where he said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And then he told seven parables. The, did I say that wrong? No, you said it right. Okay. He told seven parables that the kingdom of heaven... It's like when Sarah comes in the room. No. Kingdom of God. Man, I'm going to butcher that. All right. Jesus told two types of parables, kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. And, and after church, Connie asked me, I had a handout. I just didn't pass it out. Connie asked me if I had a breakdown of the 12 and the 7. So if anyone wants that, I've also got that. Because it really... Here, I can pass yeah, he can pass out. I didn't print a whole bunch. I wasn't sure what, how many would want it, but. Knowing what Jesus is talking about is really a key to uh, to debunking a lot of heresy that's out there. Because when he says the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins that lose their oil or don't fill their lamps, and and then people try to take that. To the Christian of today, the kingdom of God, it just gets all wacky. It's like in Ghostbusters. You can't cross the streams. Bad things happen. And that's what, what they do. So anyway, that, that handout will help clear up some of those parables. Uh, I kind of gave a short description of them. Alright, then I had the handout from last week, or the last time I was up here, if anyone needs the mystery. I think most, most of y'all were here for that. All right. Kingdom of heaven's on earth, kingdom of God is spiritual. That's candy bar for Kevin. Yeah, that's good, Kevin. Uh, I was aiming for the wall. I meant to do that. Um, yeah, the kingdom of God, and we're actually going to touch on this this morning. Uh, just to, to recap, the kingdom of God is God's just universal kingdom. It, it contains angels, cherubim, seraphims. Us, it's it's glo- global or not global? It's world. It's universe wide. Universal. Universal. 
the kingdom of heaven is earth and it's God's dealing on earth through a man a king on the throne so it's kind of limited to earth so they're two different things so we're in the kingdom of God right now so we'll we'll kind of touch on some of that in a second uh any other housekeeping all right so let's let's dive into this all right on your handout today we're going to talk about mystery number five the mystery of the rapture all right just to recap for anyone joining online I've seen some names online I don't know have been here through the whole series God has given us in this age us Christians seven mysteries that we should all know about that we're told to be good stewards of that's, that's our anchor verse there is where Paul's explaining that we're ministers of Christ and we're to be stewards we need to understand these mysteries and let them influence how we live our life alright so just we talked about what is a steward can anyone remind us what is a steward in the Bible Rich uh, I got it's utilizing managing all resources God provides it's yeah okay that's good enough here you go <laughs> a steward is someone that takes care of other people's stuff that's that's the best definition I like when someone takes care of your kids they're being stewards of your kids Joseph was a good example in the Old Testament Joseph was a slave technically just like we're bond servants to Christ he was given uh, authority over Potiphar's stuff so God gives us stuff to take care of, yes. and He expects us to take good care of it, just like when we're taking care of someone's kids. So that's like a union steward when they're taking care of their the employees. That's right, like Jimmy Hoffa. Yes. Hey, I was a union steward. <laughs> no, you're yeah. right. You're exactly right. It, it's when you're disappearing. A steward takes care of other people's stuff. We're supposed to take care of things God cares about. God cares about these mysteries. All right. Now, here's what I thought I would do. Check this out. I got the big dog. Yeah. Big and thick. All right. um, Can anyone... These these next four candy bar questions, those are the four mysteries we have covered to date. Does anyone want to take a stab? Just a short, brief explanation of each one? All of them? All four of them. This is seeing how well I teach. So, mystery of godliness. Anyone? What was that? What's the mystery of godliness? Jesus manifested in the flesh. All right, Connie's going good. Jesus manifest in the flesh. The the fact that he was God in the flesh. All right, number two. What was the mystery of Christ in the church? Gentiles are fellow heirs, and the church is the bride of Christ. All right, Connie's on it. Gentiles are fellow heirs of Christ. There were Jews, there were Gentiles, and now there's a third race of entity. It's called the church. It's not men, it's not women, it's not Jew, it's not Gentile. All right, the next mystery. What is the mystery of Christ in you? What? Dropping? No. All right, I'm sorry. It's the hope of glory. It's the... Okay, here's what it is in a nutshell. In the Old Testament, people that followed the Lord and had a relationship with God, 
they didn't receive the Holy Spirit and and have it stay. It came and went. For us believers, the mystery in this age is that when we get the Holy Spirit, when we ask the Lord in our heart, remember that circumcision without hands? He lives in us permanently. Just what she said, yes. Yep, yep. So uh, the, the mystery for this age is that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are sealed. We are sealed, and we're going to talk about that today, why that's so important with the rapture. You don't lose the Holy Spirit. Let me look in the camera. You don't lose the Holy Spirit. You, when, you, when you trust Christ as your Savior, things happen to you that can't be undone. If people really understood what happened to them when they got saved, they wouldn't think they could ever lose it. They wouldn't keep going back to the altar for the same thing. Same thing. Yes, it's in Hebrews. It talks about that. So, alright, the last one we talked about. What was the mystery of Israel's restoration? Kevin. So, it's like what the Gentiles have this chance to, to be saved and then once that's full... Um, Israel gets a chance. Yes. They're restored. Go ahead, meet to go for it. She's got the exact biblical answer. Yes, okay. She hit on some key words there. Fullness of the Gentiles. And we're going to talk about that, what that means. Fullness of the Gentiles. We are Gentiles. I don't think any of us are Jews in here, Jewish folks. The, the mystery of Israel's restoration is that God is not through with Israel. People want to write Israel off. Hitler tried to kill them. Lots of people tried to kill them. The Crusades tried to wipe them out. God is not through with Israel. That's the, that's the mystery. Paul's telling us, God ain't through with them. They're coming back big time. So, that's what that is. So, I don't think anybody... Connie got close. We'll, we'll save it for next week. Between Connie and... They get it half and half. Well, you know, that's true. Let me... Let me uh, yeah, here we go. You're going to get these to Connie and uh, okay, Connie, Kevin, and, and uh, Rich. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Come again. Okay. All right. Now, next page. All right. On the next page, I this is the table that we've looked at before of the mysteries. What I, what I mentioned last week, or last time I was up here, was that there was a, a, a third or fourth column, that last column on the right, that I was going to add. Each one of these mysteries, there's seven of them, and there's the seven listed. Each one of these mysteries debunks or common heresy and false teaching that, that is extremely prevalent right now. So what I did is I added this column and, and talked about what does that debunk. So like the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. We all know that. 
We have the benefit of attending a good Bible preaching church, and, and none of this is new to us. We all believe this. But it's not commonly believed out in the world, and we, and we know this too. Um, so the mystery of godliness that Jesus was manifest in the flesh refutes the common thinking that he was just a good guy. He was a good prophet, uh, which is very commonly held, with, you know, like Islam and, and a lot of the other faiths. Well, they're not they're out there, but anyway, I don't want to get stuck on that. So, and the next one was that Jesus didn't really die or resurrect. You know, we, we, the mystery of godliness clearly says that he was died, buried, and rose again the third day. It is unbelievable how many people don't believe that. And so I just thought, well, how many don't believe it? So I got online, Al Gore's internet, and I uh, did some research, like with the Pew Foundation, the Barna Group, and Gallup, and started reading all these different polls, because I was curious how bad this is. The first one I ran across is only 24% of Americans believe that this Bible is, is even the Word of God. That, that was kind of sad. Because even before I was saved, I knew the Bible was... How many percent? 24% don't even believe the Bible's true. And this is, as of 2014, it's a 40-year low. I have, I have uh, a guy that I'm talking to. He says that he believes some things in the Bible, but he doesn't believe all things in the Bible. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the way a lot of people are. Anyone here, like before you knew, came to know Christ, did you still have a gut feeling that the Bible's true? I did too, yeah. And and it's sad to see that 24% of the Americans don't. They just think it's another book. If it wasn't true, it wouldn't have lasted as long. Mm -hmm. And if parts aren't true, then why believe any of it? I mean, why pick and choose? Yeah, yeah, that's what people do. Because if God didn't preserve it, then well, there's parts in the Bible too that have been proven. Like, okay, the ark. Yeah. They actually did find the ark. They have found the ark. You know, uh, the you know different parts of it. Yeah, you're exactly right. Explanations in there that explains us. Yeah. Prophecy. Well, there's no explanation for me. Ah, no, well, we knew that. Actually, there is. No. Well, another interesting statistic, and this is is getting closer to home. Okay, 50% of people in America, this includes everybody, don't even believe that Jesus resurrected, which is, that's sad. All right, getting closer. 20% of Christians, okay, they say they're Christian. 20% of these people say they don't believe in the resurrection. I don't know how that's possible, but they do. 38% of Christians don't believe that the Bible's version of the resurrection is accurate. So, I mean, um, I guess my point here is, even though we think, oh, yeah, God was manifest in the flesh, we all know that, not everyone believes that. And and when you, when you go to the movies, you see stuff on Facebook, and we're just barraged every day with the message of people that believe like this, like History Channel. I don't know if you guys have ever sat through some of the History Channel, the truth about Jesus or stuff like that. Man, it's so far in left field, you know, it's it's almost a comedy, really, to watch. But um, anyway, some of those statistics prove that out. The second one about the mystery of Christ in the church uh, really addresses uh, the false teachings about church and family conduct. And what that is referring to is, is, you know, Jesus likened the church to the husband-wife relationship. 
and set up rules about how a marriage in a house should be run. You know, the man is the head, everyone loves each other and is submissive to each other and and those types of things. A lot of churches aren't like that. they, they do other things, but so this mystery here clarifies how a church should be run. And then I put lone wolf Christianity. I have some of these in my family. People that believe... Actually, I had a statistic. Okay. Uh, only 23% of people in America go to church weekly. A lot of people believe that they don't need to go to church to be a good Christian. 71% of people in America that don't go to church say they love Jesus. So 71% of people, I love Jesus, but I don't go to church. That just doesn't go together. I mean, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he commands us to go to church. So that don't make sense. Exactly, you don't learn. That's right. So Lone Wolf, I know a lot of people at home church. They would rather sit at home and watch, you know, stuff. Joel Osteen or whatever. All right, that's Lone Wolf. All right, the mystery of Christ in you. We talked about that, how we're, when you're truly saved, God saves you, cuts you away from your flesh. You get spiritual circumcision made without hands. He indwells you, quickens your spirit. A lot of people don't believe that. They believe you can lose your salvation. Uh, like the Assemblies of God is a popular... Most churches in Harrisonville, I would dare to say, most churches believe you can lose your salvation. You know, like the Nazarenes... The assemblies, the, the whole Pentecostal movement, all think you can lose it. So, let's leave that there. And then the sign gifts. Along with that, the speaking in tongues and the healing, and they don't understand what that is. So, Mr. Christ Newton touches that. Uh, restoration of Israel. Church is the spiritual Israel. God, they, people think God is through with Israel. This is another very popular movement. It's called replacement theology, that the church has replaced Israel. Yeah, it's not the case. The Catholics Catholics are in that group. I don't want to call out a bunch of faiths, but I, I will. Catholics, Methodists, Lutherans, a lot of them believe God has done with Israel. And that the church takes on the, pro, the promises of Israel. Presbyterian, Islam, of course. Uh, which, consequently... If you don't understand God's dealing with Israel, you won't understand the tribulation that's coming. Like, any day now. So, Alright, uh, then the mystery of the rapture we're going to talk about. It refutes the whole social gospel. You know, I found a survey here, the Pew Research Company. 40%, so 40% of Christians, almost half of the Christians, don't believe Jesus is coming back. Wow. I don't know what Bible they're reading, but anyway, we'll talk about that today. Uh, the mystery of iniquity, that's the devil in the flesh. You know, we had God in the flesh, was Jesus. We got the devil in the flesh as the, as the Antichrist. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. That gets fun. 40% of Christians don't believe that the devil's a real person. 40%, almost half of Christians, people come. A, a, per, a being, they think it's like a, a force, like Star Wars, you know, the dark side. So I think it's more at this point like uh, principalities and powers and uh, yeah, all the devils. Yeah, yeah, those are real things. I mean, the devil's a real being. Wore a shiny suit, likes music. 
all that. We'll, we'll get into that next week. Um, all right, then the last mystery we're going to talk about in a few weeks is the mystery of Babylon, and that's going to really address world religions, why there are so many, why do they believe these weird things they believe. Um, world system, I'm not going to get too much into that yet. We'll cover all that when we get there. All right, so those are the seven mysteries. We're up to number five. We're going to talk about the rapture of the church today. All right. Man, it's uh, it's late. All right, here's the deal with this before we get into it. This is a fascinating mystery that, you know, we're all kind of home folk here. I know everybody. I believe, I believe we all know the Lord. And we're all going to participate in the rapture. I'm not sure about you guys online. Don't know about you. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I haven't seen everybody online. But if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you, you've asked him into your heart and you're, you're, you're a Christian, you've, you've been sealed, you are headed for the rapture like a freight train. I mean, we are headed there. I mean, obviously with all this COVID stuff, people are talking about it and it's, you know, it's, it's on the forefront of our mind. This is a big subject. And... Um, Whenever I got started teaching the mysteries a few weeks ago, you know, I liken the mysteries to like a, a glacier. You know, when you see a glacier floating in the ocean, you see the top of it, 10%, 10% or so, and then there's this huge mass underneath. Mm-hmm. And that's what these mysteries are, and really these last three especially. When you get into these last three mysteries, you start uncovering some stuff. And there's a lot of material in this. It's important that we know it. I'm probably going to say a lot of things you've never heard before. A lot of us have been around here a while, so you, you may have heard it. But I'm going to say a lot of things you haven't heard. Uh, but uh, I really want to make sure we all understand what I'm talking about and that we can like, you know, go deep diving and feel in this glacier and seeing what's down there. So, with that said... I don't know if I can cover it in like 30 minutes. That's really all I've got left. Um, so I wouldn't care to go to week two. You know, if we, I really want to go slow and make sure everyone gets it because we're all gonna, we're all going there. So please be interactive. If, if there's something you don't understand or if I say something confusing, which sometimes I'm terrible with English, just <laughs> stop me. Uh, me and Sherry went through this. I don't know if she's online, but me and, me and Sherry went through this a few days ago. Me and my wife in the living room, and we spent an hour on it, and we didn't really go through the whole thing. We both had a good time. There's a lot of cool stuff that we're going to talk about, so I just don't know if we can cover it in 30 minutes. So, but if we do, we do. If we don't, that's cool. We'll go to next week. We'll go to next yes. week. All right, let me get a drink for you. Everybody buckle your seatbelt. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool mystery. I mean, you think about Christians believe that there will be a day when we just disappear. The only thing... Yeah, Kevin. I have a theory on that. Let's hear it. So my theory about the rapture is the reason that the... Uh, the unbelievers don't see it is because it's a spiritual rapture. It is a spiritual and, rapture. And the, the believers will have the veil taken away, so we'll be able to see it. Mm-hmm. But the unbelievers will still have that veil, so they won't be able to. That's okay. that's true. It's in Second Thessalonians. They're given a lie to believe. We'll talk about that. But yeah, you're right. 
Alright, so let's get going. Mystery of the Rapture. It's introduced or it's found in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. So let's flip over to 1 Corinthians 15. We'll get this started. Bible, Bible for Sarah. Bagel. First Corinthians 15. Okay. You know, there's certain chapters in our Bible that we all kind of need to have, you know, in the forefront, I guess. Uh, and First Corinthians 15 is one of them. It's about the resurrection. Okay. So, if someone asks you anything about. The red Jesus, the gospel. It's the the resurrection chapter. It's a good chapter that that we're gonna. Actually, I'd kind of like to read most of it. All right, let's just look in verse one. Let's kind of get the context. So we're going to First Corinthians fifteen, verse one. And this is Paul. Remember, he's writing to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was very carnal. They were like the church of Vegas. You know, if you had a church in Vegas, that's what the Corinthian church would be like. And he's trying to straighten them out on some things. So here, he, he, here he's going to talk about the resurrection. So 15.1, he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye also have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved by this gospel. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. So now here he's going to define the gospel. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And then he goes on talking about all the people that seen the resurrected Christ, and, and you know, that Christ resurrected. Now look, now look down to verse 12, 1 Corinthians 15, 12. And he's going to talk about Christ and us resurrecting. Now... If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? If Christ isn't risen, then our preaching's in vain, and your faith is in vain also, or also vain. Um, so he's basically saying, if Christ didn't raise, then we're not going to raise. And this whole thing is a waste of time, basically what he's saying. It's not worth it. And he kind of picks it up again in verse 16. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. So it's, it's very important to understand how important the resurrection is, and that Jesus did resurrect. And because he resurrected, you are going to be resurrected. And this is what I've said before. When you got saved and God came into your heart, quickened your spirit. Do what? So that's when you're resurrected is when you got saved. Yes, spiritually. Yeah. Spiritually resurrected. Your body, this this specimen of man here, this our bodies are not saved. Our bodies are wrinkled, they stink, they're gonna die. Our bodies aren't saved. There's, they will be saved. Our bodies will be saved when Jesus comes back and resurrects our bodies. 
That's, that's kind of what he's going with this. Does everyone follow that? At the moment of the rapture, your body will be changed. Just like when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was showing them these spiritual bodies. God has a spiritual body for each one of a body for each one of us that we will get and will be recognized at the rapture. Yeah. So, uh, and the Bible even tells us what that body looks like, but I don't, I don't I go there quite yet. Body. Who? Our prime body. I would do that. What we're like in our prime. Oh, it could be or Jesus prime. Thirty-three, thirty-three, old male. Anyway, um, okay. So let's let's go back to First Corinthians fifteen, verse twenty. Well, no, verse nineteen. Well, okay, verse eighteen. Verse eighteen, Paul says, "They which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have the the hope in Christ, and we are men most miserable. So, people that have died are miserable if there's no resurrection." But now is Christ, in verse 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Alright, verse 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. So there's an order to this raising of new physical bodies, new spiritual bodies. There's a colon there. So we got a list coming. Christ the first fruits. Afterwards, they that are Christ that is coming. And then cometh the end. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God, remember, is what we're in. So we're going to talk, we're going to bust that verse out in a little bit. But he's just saying that there's going to be a resurrection coming. You're getting a new body. And there's an order to these new bodies coming. So we'll just kind of leave that for now. So let's let's flip over now to verse 50. Let's look at the mystery, the specific mystery. He goes on talking about uh, the resurrection and, and how it's going to work. But Verse 50, 1550. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Alright, remember, kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom that God owns, that he's over. Flesh and blood, this body, cannot go there. I've got to have a new body. He's got to give me a new body. He's given me a new quickened spirit with my soul. My soul's saved. I need a body. That's what he's talking about. So verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye... At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Well, I'm excited now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, I know when that's going to be. When is it? The election during the trumpet of peace. That's right. No. <laughs> the feast of Trump. You know, I've heard Christians actually say this is talking about Donald Trump. Have you guys heard that? Yeah. People are taking this verse. See, 2021, the, the Trump the feast of trumpets. Yeah, that, that actually goes in numbers ten with the trumpets and stuff. Yeah, that one won't go there quite today. But all right, so in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed. 
Yeah. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. We need new bodies. That's what this is saying. So when this corruptible, this dead body, shall have put on the incorruption, and this mortal shall put on incorruption, then shall be brought to pass the saying where is written, death swallowed up in the victory. And death is where I, I, where is I sting. He's quoting some Old Testament stuff there. Skip down to 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. So he's just comforting them with this, telling them that this is the blessed hope. We'll get to that in a second. So what he's saying here, there will be a time, believer, Christian, you'll hear a trumpet, you'll probably hear your own name, that's what I'm thinking, Jim Stoball. Come on down. Yeah, just like, or actually come up. Yeah, come on up. Yeah, come on up. Yeah, I mean, the price is right. So uh, we'll all hear that and we'll immediately be changed. And it's a cool implication if you think about our bodies cannot, these are corruptible. They're, they're very corrupt. Uh, they can't inherit, they can't take part in the kingdom of God. So if you just kind of think it through, I bet when this thing happens, and we've all seen the movies, you know, Left Behind and all that, that when it happens, there'll just be a pile of clothes, probably bloody clothes, setting right here. Bloody. Because blood cannot go up there either, because blood is, that's another study, but blood doesn't inherit the kingdom of heaven. Only carbon. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, that's, we've seen the movies. Has anyone seen the Left Behind stuff with Tim LaHaye and... Yeah, I think Nicholas Cage did one. Kirk Cameron, did. Kirk Cameron, yeah, all those guys do them. Tim LaHaye, they're from Tim LaHaye's books, where he was a little off on some of it, of course. But uh, yeah, it's a cool thing to think about that all of a sudden we're just going to be gone. So that's that's pretty neat. The other passage, so that's where it's found. The other, and I've got the definition there. The textbook definition is a future event when Jesus returns for his bride. Jesus is coming for the church. Takes her to heaven to marry him, be with him. The Harrisonville definition. This is what I put on here. Oh Lord, we're in trouble. Well, that's just my my speak. It's the amazing day when we'll receive our new glorified bodies, and we're going to be reunited with our loved ones and meet Jesus in the air. That's what it is to me. I can't wait for this day, and I think of this day pretty much every day, and I, I have for a long time. I think this is just an awesome thing that we're all headed toward. The other big passage that talks about this is in First Thessalonians 4. This one may be a little more common. First Thessalonians 4. Um... And, and we haven't covered Thessalonians in a while. Um, the First Thessalonians book is pretty interesting in a couple ways. All right, First Thessalonians. Remember, back in Acts 17, Paul went to this little city called Thessalonica. And he was only there for like two or three weeks, Paul was. This is in Acts 17. And he gets run out of town. And when he gets down the road to the next city, he starts hearing rumor that 
people are bringing false teaching in to Thessalonica where he was just at and uh, they're getting confused and scared so he writes 1 Thessalonians and sends back to them and says hey I was with you for a couple weeks he discipled them on this very subject of the rapture and the coming of the Lord so he writes 1 Thessalonians to remind them of what he's already taught them which is cool because after a couple weeks of being saved, they're already getting into this deep, deeper subject of the rapture. I think that's kind of cool. So anyway, so that's what that's the story, the setup. So let's go to First Thessalonians four, verse thirteen. Verse thirteen. He says, Paul says, God says to us, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are are asleep, your dead loved ones that have passed on that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope so he's reminding them hey one of the things that they had been hearing is the Lord already came and they missed it the Thessalonians had heard this so now they're worried they missed the rapture they, they're worried that their loved ones didn't get in on it because they died before it happened so that's kind of what they're messed up on so he says in verse 13, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, the ones that have passed. Don't, don't feel sorry for them. Verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. You know, we're not coming without him. Verse 16. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. They're the first ones to get their new bodies. So the voice of Michael? Uh, yeah, Michael the archangel. He's a trumpet blower. Verse 17. Then... We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, our loved ones, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be with the Lord, ever be with the Lord. And then verse 18 is key. Comfort one another with these words. This is meant to be a comfort to us. You know, like my dad's passed. It's been almost 10 years now. Most of us here have loved ones that have passed. He's telling us, and what I think is cool here, we're not just going to meet Jesus, which is that's plenty. That's that's awesome. But first, we're going to take a quick stop in the clouds to meet our loved ones. He's like letting us meet our loved ones first, because they're mentioned first, which are alive and we shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So, family reunion first while Jesus is coming down to take us all to heaven in our glorified bodies. That's the rapture. The body when our bodies are saved, when our we our loved ones come come back out of the grave. Does this all make sense? Alright. In your handout, I drew a big timeline. And this is actually a timeline. It's this big fold out sheet here. I'm I'm re-gifting is what I'm doing. We actually covered this. This was a timeline we went through back when we did the book of Revelation. 
and uh, my wife tells me that it, it helped her see things in order. So what this is, this is an order of the end time events. Um, I'll just leave this up here. You know, first we've got the, the crucifixion, you know, the cross on the far left side, and then just pay no attention to all these churches. These are the seven churches in Revelation. That's, that's just church history that we covered. You see the little star. You are here. That's where we are today in 2020. We're right at the cusp of this thing. And anyone that doesn't see that, just they should. So, uh, and notice how the people come out from the grave first. I got the little thing down lower there. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the air. So that's the rapture. Any day now. And then, man, that's a that's a heretic right there. <laughs> Somebody's playing it up here. All right, when we get raptured out, when you get raptured out, when you get your new body, we see our loved ones, little family reunion, meet Jesus. We go to the judgment seat of Christ, which is like our performance award. How'd you do on earth? How'd you do? How were you? Did you steward the things I gave you? Did you did you learn my word? Did you memorize my word? Did you follow my word? You know, that kind of stuff. And he gives out rewards, crowns, there's five of them. And then he's, he presents the church as, a, as a, his bride, and there's a wedding in heaven. And, and after a period of time, we all come back with Jesus on white horses. I'm, Sherry thought those were ants. Yeah, I didn't do a good job. Those are horses. Yeah. Back in the Old Testament, specifically Obadiah and Zechariah, it talks about how we're going to saddle up on some horses and we're coming back with the Lord when he comes back. They do look like ants. They do, I know. Um, But the, the thing that the drawing is to show, and this is what we need to get, while we're up here fellowshipping with the Lord... It's hell on earth down here. The Antichrist takes over. You know, I I listed out the four different iterations through Revelation, the seals, the trumpets, and and the vials and all that. Hell on earth. I mean, COVID-19 is nothing compared to what's coming during the tribulation. So in this picture, you want to be here at the top. You don't want to be down here. You don't want your loved ones down here. Come again? Wait till SARS. SARS 20. Yeah, there's the zombies. There's all kinds of weird stuff comes out. So anyway, uh, then we come back here, and then Battle of Armageddon we've all heard about. We'll be there um, watching, spectators. Jesus will sit on the throne, the millennium. That's, that's when Israel gets restored, when he sets up the throne of David in Jerusalem. And then we just kind of go on out into eternity. We actually end up in a garden with a tree of life and, and the whole thing comes full circle back to Genesis. But, so anyway, that's the kind of the timeline. That's where the rapture fits in to the end time events. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Pam. Um, I have a question. I don't know if this is like the right place to ask it, but so the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Those are 
the people who already died, but they were in Christ. Yes. They're saved people. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, the people that were pre-Jesus. Yes. Where do they fit in? Where are they? They're actually on my next page. Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom, yes. Uh, these, the dead in Christ, if you're in Christ and he's in you, that's something that happened after, uh, yeah, it's, it's after Pentecost, basically, in Acts chapter 2. I need it. I need to move one step further yes. in my question on that. Okay, so they're in Abraham's bosom. Mm -hmm. Can we? Uh, and I don't know that it's. Uh, how about our babies, especially uh, women, well, and the fathers who, yeah. uh, who lost babies to abortion? Yep. Are they? And will they rise? With yeah, sure. They, there is an age of accountability right. that they've not met. So they're in Abraham's bosom. Not now. Abraham's right. bosom's empty. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And, uh, that part is confusing. Okay, it is, it is confusing. And that's exact, exactly some of the stuff me and Sherry talked about because she didn't realize this. Let me see where I'm at on my handout. Uh, all right, what time is it? Yeah. All right. So let me uh, let me get to the bosom here in a second. I'm going to get through this one page. All right. So then, uh, where did I even leave off? Okay. Yeah. The next page. The, the page that's uh, I think it's page. May, I don't know. Maybe four. Mine's number different. Um, I'm at the uh, I'm at the page at the top where it says common rebuke of this mystery. Page three. All right. Page three. On page three. I said in the beginning, 40% of our fellow believers don't believe what we're talking about here. I don't know how they miss it, but they don't believe that they're going to be changed and that they're going to meet the Lord in the air with their loved ones. And, that, and one of the things that they, they say, and I've, I've worked with people that have told me this, the word rapture is not in the Bible. I don't know if, if you knew that. The word rapture is not there. Now, of course, the concept is it's more about caught up, caught up in the air, translated. There's many different ways it's used. But then I put a list together. These are some other words that aren't in the Bible. Bible is not in the Bible. Trinity, divinity, the Great Commission, mission, discipleship, incarnation, happiness. That word's not in the Bible. Angels with wings. Angels don't have wings, but somehow we think they have wings. That's, that's not in the Bible. And that God helps those that help themselves. That's not in the Bible. God helps those that can't help themselves. And that Eve ate an apple. She didn't eat an apple. What she eat? Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. She ate a grape. Probably a grape. It's a grape. Um, the vine. But anyway, what I guess my point is that just because the word rapture is not in the Bible, don't let people tell you that it's not a real event. It is. That's just our word for it. We just read the whole thing. We just read it. Connie, right. Um, then I had to put the definition of rapture where we get it. It's, it's, it's a transport. It's ecstasy. It's a violent violence of a pleasing passion. Extreme joy with veracity. And I put some words, Greek and Latin. That's what to, to see suddenly, to catch up. Um, anyway, and we read the passages on the... 1 Corinthians 15 and 14. All right, so this, this is kind of getting Abraham's bosom. So this is where we need to be. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. We read it a second ago. Let's flip back over and look at it. Because this, this 
This is that part of feeling the glacier where we're feeling other things. We're going to get into some other stuff. All right, 1 Corinthians 15. This is a passage on the resurrection. And he says that there's an order to it. And this isn't the only place this is laid out, but this is just a clear place in the New Testament. So I'm using this. 15, 15 verse 23. Well, 22 is what I got on there. All right. I'm going to start in verse 22. For as in Adam all die. You know, we, we all have that curse of sin on our bodies. Even so, in Christ shall we all made alive. So through Christ we're made alive. Every man in his own order, colon. Christ, the first fruits. He's the first one to get resurrected. Afterwards, they that are Christ at his coming. It's us when he comes. Then cometh the end, when he shall deliver up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall put down all rule and authority, when he comes back the second time. All right. There are three raptures in our Bible, and we need to know which one we're going out in. And this, these, this is an outline of the three. And they, it's mentioned multiple times in the Bible. This is a clear time. That's why I use this one. The first rapture, and I put it on the the side there, it's called the first fruits. Jesus was part of that. He led up the first fruits. Notice it's plural. It's not fruit. Fruits. So Jesus was part of the first rapture where he led captivity captive. We'll, We'll get there. The second rapture is the harvest. See, he... This is ours. We're number two. You're in rapture number two today in 2020 because we are part of the church. We have the Lord in our life. He's in us. We're part of the harvest. Then cometh the end. There's another rapture coming. We're not part of it all. It's during the tribulation. At the very end of the tribulation, after the Antichrist does his damage, Israel... Wow, this gets into some stuff. Israel will... You guys have probably heard about the 144,000 that are going to be remain pure to God and, and make it through the, to the tribulation. There will be a rapture at the end of the tribulation where God will take out the faithful Jews. But, and it doesn't involve us though, because we're up here, remember, up at the top. We're, we're having the wedding feast and we're doing, we're with the Lord. On earth, there will be a third rapture during the tribulation period. Doesn't involve us, but just, it's good to know about because it helps put a lot of things together. That's called the gleanings, because there aren't that many of them. It's a remnant. All through the Old Testament, there was always a remnant of Israel left. And God's going to take that remnant. So. Uh, let's see here. Let me get something here. What was that? That could have been the rapture. That could have been rapture number two. So think about. Think about. Yeah, you're awake now. Because I'm going to go ahead and wrap up before I get to these three. The rapture can come at any time. And we need to live our lives as such. 
and I and this is this is a shame to say. I'm I'm gonna be transparent here. Um, when I after I got saved, I learned my Bible. I, I learned all this stuff pretty early on in my my walk. And I, I moved away. Me and Sherry moved down here. And I got out of church and I got backslidden. We can go to church anymore. Started drinking. And I knew these truths. And I remember like holding beer in my hand, knowing that the Lord can come back right now. And I'm standing here with beer in my hand. And it was just an awful feeling, you know, to to live that way. So I just encourage all of us that when we think about the rapture, that it can be any time. You know, it, it's, a, it's a call for us to be diligent, to, to, to walk with the Lord every day with this in the forefront of our thought that, that any day this rapture is going to come for me. God's going to come for us. You know, that we'll hear that trumpet and call us out. So, um, I think before I get into the three raptures, I think I'll stop here. It's ten after... Um, we're going to get into it deep next week. Oh, it's Abraham's bosom. Let me just cover that real quick. This will be a primer. This is actually Rapture 1. I've got a few minutes. Alright, here's the deal. In the Old Testament, you know, I said earlier, the saints did not... They received the Holy Spirit as needed, but then it would leave. You know, like Jeremiah might get it for a few hours while he's writing the book of Jeremiah. And then it would go or David or Saul or any of these guys would get it but it would leave they didn't seal them like it does us the Bible's very clear that when you got saved you were sealed the Holy Spirit's part of you in you alright because of that and because Jesus hadn't died yet there's an area I'll just kind of draw this this is kind of out of the I think it's Luke 16 but I'm going to call it bosom. Is it U-M? O-M? I'm not sure. And this is hell. Alright, so when the Old Testament saints, from the time of Adam all the way up through Malachi and all that stuff in the Old Testament, those souls went down in here into Abraham's bosom. It wasn't hell. I mean, it was paradise. Actually, when the thief was on the cross, he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. This is a good place to be. But it wasn't heaven. Well, they, they were there. They were stockpiled there until Jesus came. Now, when Jesus came and when he died and he was in the grave for three days, the Bible's very clear what he did during those three days. And one of the things he did was went to Abraham's bosom. He preached a good message of damnation to these guys. Because you can actually get his message out of Psalms. He preached a message of freedom. We're going to lead captivity free, captive in, in Ephesians. When Jesus rose, he took these guys with him. They got their bodies. They're up there. That's why in Matthew... There's just a God lets us know when Jesus resurrected that there were bodies of many Old Testament saints walking around Jerusalem. That was these guys on their way up. They stopped for, I don't know, whatever they did, but they went on up. So that's rapture number one, the first fruits. And uh, there's on the next page is a little drawing, but we'll get into that next week. That's when Jesus 
went to Abraham's bosom and emptied it out, took them all up to heaven with him. So that's where they're at. Abraham's bosom is empty. Um, anyway, not enough on that one. So we're waiting for rapture number two there on the table. I better pull the plug here because I got a lot left. Any any questions? Does that clear up Abraham's bosom? Kind of what happened there? Yeah, that. Yeah, totally emptied out. All the Old Testament saints gone. All right, so I'm gonna. All right, so just yeah, I'm gonna leave it there. All right, so. Anybody else have anything? Yeah, and so next week we're going to get into more of the mechanics of what's happening. Uh, you know, Rapture Part Two, same handout. I'm not going to do a new handout, so we'll get. You. So think of any questions this week. We'll dive into them next week. You can the recorder. I know. I know. Michael's online in Nigeria, so. Uh, why don't you scan our group and let him see our folks. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon there. We're going to turn the video. Hey, so wave way, at way, Michael way. if you want to. He's a 20-some-year-old man. and uh, He's a believer in Christ, and uh, he is uh, helping to raise his brother, him and uh, uh, Sayi. Sayi is how I say his name, his brother's name. So anyway, they got a rough go of things, and uh, so... We'll close in prayer today and uh, maybe pray for them. Uh, Kevin, you want to close in prayer today, brother? Sure. Thank you, dear Lord Heavenly Father, for allowing us to be here together this morning. You say wherever two or more meet, you're in the midst thereof. Just know that you're always welcome to come sit with us, come sit with us, Lord. Uh, I just ask that uh, we take away from this uh, what you have for us to take away from it. Just leave the rest at the table. I just uh, ask that you, you lift uh, those uh, fellow Christians up around the world that are enduring uh, the, the struggle uh, worse than us, uh, you know, the persecutions and uh, this COVID thing. I just uh, ask that you keep them safe and, and allow them to keep preaching the gospel. I, I ask that you be with our leaders in this time of need that uh, you know they're, they're doing something that they never had to do before. So... I just ask that you give them the wisdom and the discernment to, uh, to keep on moving forward and press it toward the mark of the prize of the higher calling in Jesus Christ. Amen. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Amen.